an opening song dedicated to just how terrible Minnesotans are. Despite the fact that many of you have lived here for most of your life, maybe all your lives, how absolute shit you are at driving in the first couple of real proper snows. Will you turn this back up for one second, yeah. Sean? Let's hear the chorus just once. Come on. Here we go. Honest to God, I I try to be cool, right? I mean, I, I'm really, actually, I've been doing better lately behind the wheel. I used to get real ragey, real angry. Now, if you don't have your headlights on in a driving snowstorm, I don't care how bright it is outside. I don't care what color your vehicle is. I don't care if you're in a, in a, a tank in, a, in, a, in an M1A1. I don't give a shit. Your headlights have to be on when it's driving snow like we had on Tuesday. Fucking idiots, Sean. And can I say this? We Please. all we all know you're really cool not signaling not signaling your right or left turns in the summertime and the mm. spring and the fall. You're not actually. But, oh, I'm sorry, we all know that. Yeah, yeah we all ahead. know yeah, that. Yeah, yeah, that was that was the sarcasm font I was using there. Um, <laughs> it's I fucking had somebody like go to take a left turn in front of me yep. and didn't signal their turn in the fucking snowstorm the other day. Like, what are you possibly thinking that that so they just slowed down and stopped and you're like you're just stopped and it's a green light and yeah i'm like and then once they're halfway through the turn they click on the turn signal for two seconds i hate for this to start off like the old man uh, podcast it really is the but also fuck you. Well, but learn how to fucking exist in polite society yeah. there is a social contract lazy ass dozy motherfuckers <laughs> Welcome Happy to uh, welcome to episode 284 of the Brian Oak Show. My name is Brian Oak, and that's my gentle, jolly elf of a friend, Sean uh, Bernard. How are way you? Way too jolly. Uh, Got to get rid of some of the jolly. Yeah, no, in I, the midsection. We haven't. Well, we haven't started off very jolly, so we're going to change things right now. We're going to talk to a guy whose story is fascinating, inspiring. And suddenly, within recent times, very exciting and new. I'm very, very excited to talk about this new project. We'll be talking to Chris Strouth very, very shortly. But first, let's go ahead and take care of our sponsors. Because as you saw on social media yesterday, I shared a memory that popped up on Facebook. In this very room, the Smart Start MN Studios, we started in here three years ago yesterday. Well, at least that was the first time we walked in and had keys and knew the combo. And yeah. I hung the Brian Oak logo done That's by my right. friend Dave Gatsmer on the wall. That's right. I hung the Cowboy Bebop poster. Yep. Nothing else was on the walls in here at no. all. And, of course, it's it's going to evolve over time, right? And we've certainly picked up the pace, and i got to remind myself to buy a new Taylor Swift calendar. But you got to uh, switch it to December as it is, is December oh, is 1st it still today. On the, oh, my God. Yeah, Swifty looks sad. she got to switch. Well, well it's that, oh, hi. Hello. Anyway, we'll get to that in just a moment. Um, it's been a really amazing ride, you know, and over the time, when we first started, I was out of work, and I think there were a lot of people feeling sorry for me, and our Patreon account kind of I swelled up to a yeah. I know, that's why you reached <laughs> out to me. This whole fucking thing was your idea, so just remember that whenever you feel sorry. irritated I'm about sorry. it. Yeah, me too. Um, but thanks to everybody who's ever been a fan on Patreon, anyone who's ever listened, shared, subscribed, supported, done anything, because this has been a very interesting endeavor. This very humble but fun room for me. I've had some 
absolutely fascinating conversations in this room. You have, yeah. I've openly wept. Mm-hmm. I have learned things I've never known before. And I've heard songs that either I hadn't heard in decades or had never heard before. And we've had live performances in here. It is very modest. What do you call this? Like a 12 by 12 room, maybe? 10 by 10? It's just a little bit bigger than the average prison cell. Okay. <laughs> Well, and sometimes feels like one. But my point is this. Um, I like it here. We're at 48th in Chicago and South Minneapolis. This room has been cooler than I expected. Having our own space has always been amazing. The good people at AudioQuip, you know, I look at that early picture of what we were doing yeah. in this room. The only thing in here, other than one poster on the wall, was the equipment in here that's made this sound like a real professional broadcast slash podcast and it's been very cool so our thanks to audio equip for being here literally before day one it's been wonderful to have them on board jared brewington for setting up that meeting thank you to jared um he looked a little surprised when i said it's been three years he gave the little surprisey face emoji. Yeah, and Smart the, Start MN for joining us before episode one well, let's on talk, November 11th. Let's yeah. talk about them very yeah. briefly then, shall we? They are Minnesota's original ignition interlock company. You get a DUI, you're not going to be able to drive. You will lose your license before you're found guilty. It's over. But you need to get back in your car. And you can, even if you are found guilty, thanks to our friends at Smart Start MN. Yeah, go to smartstartmn.com slash the Brian Oak Show. That'll get you 20% off the installation of the ignition interlock system and so thankful for Mike and Ed over there. Uh, as I've mentioned, and I'm not BSing here, they become friends yeah. and, and guys that I really care about. And I've had some great times away from the show yeah. with, uh, with both of them. They're, yeah. You know, Mike is funny as hell. And Ed has just got a big heart and huge music fan. So a, that's a freakish. That's, music that's what, fan. that's what makes it all come together so completely well and recently we got a brand new sponsor in moxie wealth management what does moxie do well moxie says okay yeah you got a little money in savings but you probably have some insurance you probably have a portfolio that has a variety of different things you probably have all these different aspects of your life from property to money to whatever managing that matters because we're not just talking about you being able to retire comfortably we're talking about the actual realistic probability even for someone who's not independently wealthy or doesn't have a trust fund of creating generational wealth something you can pass on to your kids one of the things moxie does they work intergenerationally they keep an eye on the future they know you want certain things they know that you have certain things they want to manage them properly across the spectrum but also make sure that you have an eye on the future beyond your own personal future they do good work yeah and i think that you're a lot like me that i i think i'll be okay no matter what for me but i want to leave my kids with something and and not have i don't want them to have to struggle the way that i did um and that's what a lot of my you know financial savings are really about go to moxiewealthmanagement.com and uh, get in touch with them and kind of see where you're at and it might be time to roll some things over and to have a team really look at where you're at for retirement not for me because i'm super smart when it comes to money that was a joke. Uh, that was also the sarcasm fun. If there's anybody who need mo- needs Moxie, it's me. Uh, Joe Burgess and his crew are waiting for you. MoxieWealthManagement.com. Joe Burgess is a registered representative and investment advisor representative of Securian Financial Services Incorporated. Securities and investment advisory services offered through Securian Financial Services, Inc., member FINRA, SIPC. Northstar Resource Group is independently owned and operated. Moxie is affiliated with Northstar Resource Group and 
is independently owned and operated. 2701 University Avenue Southeast, Minneapolis, Minnesota, 55414. I'm sorry if I'm a little distracted today because I will be leaving on a jet plane less than 24 hours from right now. But we'll talk more about that later. Right here, real quick, before we get to our guest, Chris Strout, today. I think it's worth mentioning because she was an early adopter, you know, from her time in the band Chicken Shack. Then she met up and eventually married one of the members of Fleetwood Mac, one of the founding members, John McVie. Christine McVie yesterday passed away at the age of 79. All we know is after a short illness, you know, but we we all kind of know the most popular era of Fleetwood Mac, right? The, the, The Buckingham Knicks era. And although they were the stars more than anybody, that band had already existed for almost 20 years before they hit. Christine McVie, from the earliest blues days through the middle period and into the big hits and even to today where she had been working with uh, Lindsey Buckingham. They did a couple of duo records yeah. together. She was, to me, the secret weapon of that band because if it, w- it the rest of them were so the drama. But Christine McVie humble. was talented, mm. humble, very cool, and wrote these amazing songs, including this one right here on The Brian Oak Show. You feel nice 
so that very first Fleetwood Mac record from the Buckingham Knicks era where they joined that band and sort of changed really the face of it, but for the better and certainly for the more successful, they're all still getting real mailbox money out of that era. That's where you find that song right there by Christine McVie, who sadly passed away very recently at the age of 79. Now, on the cover of the next record, Rumors, you've got Stevie Nicks doing her sort of bizarre, Flowy, witchy, exotica yeah. thing, but standing next to her holding some sort of crystal ball is none other than Mick Fleetwood, who gives the band, well, a big part of its title, drummer, but also sort of a tall, ghoulish freak, and I mean that in the most complimentary way. <laughs> Our guest today has just informed me that he was once in a bomb threat with none other than Mick Fleetwood. First of all, Chris Strouth, Strouth hello. Hey. How are you? Good. And where where were you in a bomb threat with Mick Fleetwood? I was in Harrods in men's gloves and umbrellas. I see. Yeah, and I Harrods. Was where? What city? In London. Okay. Yeah, I was 16 years old, and it was raining, and I'm like, oh, I should buy an umbrella, and I should go buy it at Harrods, the world's most giant department store, and all that. And, exactly. And uh, you know, being a youthful punk rock kid, I hated all things Fleetwood Mac or any any of that kind of thing. And, of course. And there, and so I'm. I'm there, and I'm like, I look over, and there's this giant uh, <laughs> ogre of a human being. A giant ghoul. And right? I mean that in the worst possible way. Okay, well, I understand. <laughs> you you and I feel differently about Fleetwood Mac. That's fine. I, well, I, I, I've changed my mind now. Okay. But, but at the time. But at the time. You're like, who is this giant trollish hippie? Right. And this is this is in the <laughs> mid to late 80s. So there were bomb threats all the time. Of course. And... And all of a sudden, like, there's these klaxons, these sirens going off, yeah. and, and, like, a policeman comes in, and it's like, no, you've got to stay here. And so there's uh, the salesman, and it's a small room. It's not much bigger than this. And so there's a salesman, uh, Mick Fleetwood, and me, and all I could think is, I'm going to die, and I'm going to die with one of my least favorite people on fucking earth. <laughs> And, uh, <laughs> See, not a special, uh, not like not a special media event or a rock and roll event, but a bomb threat at a department store, and you are going to die in Mick Fleetwood's arms. I'll be honest; I'm glad you're still with us, but that would have been a hell of a story. Yeah, and all over gloves and 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 <laughs> umbrellas. Really, so like isotoners, like some fancy European gloves, right? Yeah, I and and I wound up not actually buying an umbrella because I just wanted to get away from Mick Fleetwood. Because once it was there, it was like you know neither of us wanted to talk to each other, and I think that was good. You were more afraid of befriending Mick Fleetwood than you were of an actual explosive device not afraid of befriending more befouling mcfleetwood oh I think with your innards and your body uh, well or? no just just with my uh, verbal assault oh my god i was not a fan an angry young man chris strouth joins us now and i think chris has probably like most of us mellowed with age sean do you feel like you've mellowed with age oh absolutely yes yeah, so have i and i still manage to get a little wound up now and then chris where are you from where were you born uh, I was born in Northeast Minneapolis. All right, and so you were born and raised Minnesotan guy. Kind of. Right. I I was born here. Then we lived seventeen places before I was in the second grade. Military family, or I mean, are you being serious about seventeen places? Yeah. Uh, what was the What was the move around about? <laughs> My dad was kind of a character. A gold prospector. Uh, no, he vaudevillian managed, actor. He managed Kmart's. Oh, um, he and was they moved emergency him all the time. rescue for Kmart. So he would go to like 
destroyed horrible Kmart. Yeah, understood. And then save them. Right. He Fix would, them. He would manage the women's lingerie department for about a week or a month. Go on. Which was my favorite joke. It's like, what does your father do? He's in ladies' underwear. <laughs> but I'm, uh, it's pretty good though. Four year old me thought this was a riot. Yeah, I'll bet. And then he'd uh then he'd fire everybody and rebuild rebuild the company. Corporations are pretty cool that way. Yeah. So we got to live <laughs> in a variety of holiday inns. Oh. So I mean eventually you would land somewhere and be there for a while, but a lot of your youth and your young youth, you were spent sort of in transit living in hotels. Yeah, in hotels, in weird apartments, yeah. and just like in Ohio and Kentucky, I did. We're pretty sure that I got to see the kid show that Gibby from the Butthole Surfers dad did. Really? Which was amazing. It was like this one camera green screen thing. And it was like all these adventures that happened with them pantomiming in front of a green screen. I guess I don't know that story. I mean, I know who Gibby from the Butthole Surfers is, Gibby Haynes. I didn't know that. So you probably were there. So you move around all the time. At some point, though, because every time your life and my life have intersected, it's something at least vaguely related to music. At some point, music matters to you. Um, But also moving around that much, I mean, it feels like maybe you're never settled. Making friends might be hard. Is there any relationship between that and and your love of music? Oh, yeah, totally. Well, actually, when my dad was at Kmart, he did a, um, he, he would always bring home the cutouts, which were inevitably KTEL, you know, right. best of and disco records. And for people who don't know, cutouts are when they're not going to be able to sell the record and they can either mail it back to the, the wherever or they just go into a cutout bin. Um, but it means that they're kind of past their prime. And a lot of times you can just take those. Yeah, and and so we had tons of those, but really where it kind of happened for me, um, we lived in a town called Chatfield, which is mm-hmm. a little bit outside of Rochester. Yeah, I know where that is. And I we lived in the middle of a field, um, like a like a uh, small apartment building, literally in the middle of a cornfield. Okay, um, which I hadn't seen for years, and we went and visited Lori Barbero last week, and and got to drive by, and I'm like. I think that's where I live. Wow, that's wild. And uh, and my parents had done this kind of weird thing where they did this a lot because they weren't very good parents, but they oh, would whoa 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 but whoa, they would whoa. hire uh, spoiler alert they would get the uh, they would get the bus driver to they would arrange with the school district that we would be that like I would be picked up be like before like the high school kids. So they'd get you at like 6 a.m., uh-huh. then go pick up the high school kids, oh the God. grade school kids, the junior high kids, then take us to kindergarten and then do the same thing in reverse. Uh. So um, so you spent a lot of time on the bus. Yeah. A yeah, lot of a time. Lot. At what point, though, like, I mean, at some point, music registers with you, right? And at some point, there's a band or there's an artist or there's something that trips the trigger. Every one of us have one. And I'm not saying it's only that one, but at some point, you find something that that hits that lizard part of your brain, and it was it was in Chatfield because our TV sucked and we couldn't get <laughs> um, cartoons on Saturday yeah. morning. Oof. Oh, that's a sad. That is one crazy. of the worst things I've ever heard. What we got was the state. The one station we got had um, American Bandstand last week, 
American Bandstand this week, uh-huh. Soul Train last week, nice. Soul Train this week. <gasps> nice. So that was my Saturday morning cartoons because, yeah. quite frankly, you look at George Clinton and Bootsy Collins, yeah. they're already cartoon characters. Absolutely. And not only that, but like not the, the outfits, like in Chatfield, not many people were dressed like they were doing that train on Soul Train, nope. where you've got the whole row of people and then the couple comes down together and they're doing their thing. I mean, that's... That's better than Captain Caveman right there, yeah. man. I like that. <laughs> yeah, and we were living, and before that, we'd lived in, like, Youngstown, Ohio, and so we're just kind of in the middle of nowhere. Right. And But so I started to dream about Don Cornelius. Who, and, by the way, you know, I get compliments on my voice all the time, and that's fine. It might be deep, but I, every time I listen to it, I'm like, who is that fucking dork? Don Cornelius, I mean, up there with Isaac Hayes. Oh, yeah. I, like, uh, one of the greatest... Uh, not only one of the greatest voices of all time, but one of the fucking coolest cats that ever walked the planet. Like, every time, I, and I didn't see a lot of Soul Train going up because it was not on the TV regularly, but every time I've ever seen Don Cornelius, I mean, that motherfucker was cool, man. He was just, like, so cool and so in the pocket and always knew the right thing to say. And no, he was, I mean, don't get me wrong, uh, Dick Clark, amazing, right? America's teenager, America's whatever, blah, blah, blah. But Don Cornelius was like the cool, way cooler than anybody I knew growing up, and that that was the real stuff right there. Oh yeah, and this and the best dresser. I mean, yeah, no sharp and cool, and but he just he was never flapped, right? Like he was never like out of place. He was he was just like, all right, and now here we go, little Earth, Wind, and Fire on Soul Train. And just like he was, he was perfect. <laughs> Before we go any further with you, Mister Strouth, and talk about the new project you have coming up, we need to hear. A song, and we don't have time. I, I don't want to dive into the project yet, although I believe the first song we're going to hear is coming from the project that you're working on. Is that correct? It is. All right, very good. Let's hear the song, and then we'll get ourselves up to speed. This is a classic Minnesota tune, yeah. I yes. Yeah, which one are we doing? Can you? Is I, it? Is it the shape shifter low plug? I would do Colfax Abbey Feel. That's fine. Because we'll do track that. one. That's, that's the lead-off single. All right, very good. Well, then let's do that. Legendary Minnesota at Colfax Abbey with Feel on The Brian Oak Show.
There were a few years there where their name was ubiquitous. They were one of the most buzzed about bands in the Twin Cities. And now it's maybe been more than 25 years since I've he- heard the legendary Colfax Abbey. And that was, it was better than I remember. I, I don't think I appreciated it the first round. I, that was that was a really, really good song, a song called Feel. And it also happens to be the opening track on a new project coming out on Third Man Records that is being, I don't know, would you say, do you like the word curated? Um, well, I didn't curate it. Okay. Uh, there. It was done by uh, by a nice guy named Rich, yeah. who uh, in Detroit, who did the first one. Okay, and uh, I just happened to work with all these Minneapolis bands. Understood, and they I, want your input, right? And I made a, I made uh, they based a lot of it on a record that I had made called Red Eyed, uh-huh. uh, that was based on when we had originally started a lot of the shoegaze movement in the Red Eye Theater. And the one thing I did is I, I insisted that they put Ed in, Ed Ackerson's 27 Various, because right. he was first through the door and the guy whose shoulders we all stood upon, and yep. he can't be here to, you know, you know, say it for himself. Well, we got a little tribute hanging up on the wall right here in the Smart Start MN Studios to Ed and that band, the 27 Various. Before we talk about this project that you have helped with on Third Man Records, I think people deserve a little more context than the fact that you grew up in the middle of a cornfield somewhere. <laughs> um, you and I first met, I believe, for the first time. You were doing television. Isn't that the first time we met? I think so. Yeah, yeah. And so you were over at MTN. What was the name of that show? Uh, it was called What. And What was what? It was a TV show about music. Okay. Uh, and uh, television that doesn't suck. Yeah. Was the was the tagline. Here's the thing. So for that, I mean, that was you. And at the time, I was working at Rev 105, where there was a lot more enthusiasm than there was professionalism. But that's infectious, right? Like, I mean, those were the times we lived in in the early 90s. It felt like maybe shit's going to change. Like, not like it was the 60s, right? And not like we were having a revolution. But it felt, I don't know, maybe just because I was young and maybe because I was in the sweet spot at the right time. But it felt very real to me. And so going on that show, which I had no business being on. I'm not television ready. I wasn't then. I'm not now. Um, but I was still on that show a couple times. And you did that for a long time and have been involved with music in the Twin Cities in what other ways over the years? Oh, man. Like, I started, um, I graduated from high school in 1986. Okay, me too. On a, on a Friday. Happy birthday. And on the Saturday, I started at this art gallery called Rifle Sport. I remember. And I kind of haven't stopped since. Right. Um. Like starting in like '88, I, I had a noise band, but then kind of the big thing. What were they called? Uh, King Paisley and the Psychodelics. Love it. The worst name oh, ever. Uh, I'm sorry if you heard Toad the Wet Sprocket. <laughs> what about the Goo Goo Dolls? All right, King Paisley's pretty fucking cool. Anyway, from there. Well, it, just I'd like to point out that the Red Hot Chili Peppers used to play here all the time. Oh yeah. Back then. So one day, my uh, guitar player and I wrote in dirt. On their uh, on their van, uh, King Paisley on the uh, on it, and then kind of we're like, ha ha ha, this is really funny. About four months later, they came back, and King Paisley is still written in the dirt on the van, but above it is 
who the fuck is King Paisley? <laughs> and um, that makes me feel pretty good about yes. me. The, the, <laughs> the life before the internet was still cool. I know that it's hard for people today to imagine how would you communicate? How do you stay in touch? You wait four months till the peppers come back and you see that your graffiti is still smeared in filth on their car. Exactly. It's all about writing in dirt. What happened after King Paisley? Um, I wound up uh, starting with, speaking of Reb 105, with my friend Kevin Cole and... We started doing dance music and house music. Yep. Depth Probe. Yeah. Well, before Depth Probe, a thing called House Nation. Really? Yeah. And like to give you an idea of how long ago it is, because most people kind of know who Kevin is. When I first put out a flyer with Kevin's name on it, Uh uh, a good friend of mine looked at me and he's like, you want people to come to a party that doesn't have beer and to go (laughs) hear the guy from Platters DJ. (laughs) Nobody comes for the DJ. And I'm like they will that was the era man like when house music popped i had friends who were also hosting raves in abandoned foundries and that kind of stuff i was i i liked i like electronic music i liked the house music i liked the drugs more and the pretty girls more but that was also another exciting part of that area here in the twin cities i mean really proper house music and proper oh, yeah. proper house music started in the upper midwest chicago and detroit are the ground zero of house music originally. So it made perfect sense that we would be an offshoot of that. We had There was an access between Chicago, Minneapolis, and Detroit. Uh-huh. And so all these amazing people played here. Yeah. Because uh, it was with our partner, Tom Spiegel, who's gone now. And he was part of, he was really, he was spending time back and forth between New York. And so it was incredible who we got. And it was just so core. And for about four years, it was everything. And when I tell people how big our events were, like we we would do things through hair police. And one of like one of the best parties we ever did wound up getting Lake Street and Lindale Avenue closed off 16 squad cars, four dogs. And I I looked at Sonia, who owned Hair Police, and I'm like, oh, we are going to jail. And Did you go to jail? She's like, we are going to be at Embers in 45 minutes. Oh, and who was right? As she was. We were at Embers in 50. Fabulous. <laughs> Close enough, man. Close enough. I prefer Denny's. I'm a big Lumberjack Slam guy, but I got, I'm not mad at Embers or Perkins at all. So, I mean, you've been involved in the scene forever. Tell me what happens that you are now working with Third Man Records. Uh, it's there. Uh, really, I'm a volunteer for them. Okay. Um, because you they, know they have money. I know. <laughs> I haven't seen any, but I'm told. Um, yeah, me too. They're, uh, they basically, uh, Rich found the red-eyed comp that i'd done a couple of years ago mm-hmm. which is if you can find it it's great it goes for a bunch of money on eBay. what's it called red-eyed oh, it's just called red-eyed and it's great minnesota music it's, yeah? it's all just minnesota shoegaze okay. i was teaching at ipr yeah and i decided to make a record label class uh-huh. and i'm like well i own rights to a lot of this so it's a pretty easy thing to do yeah and we made a really amazing comp that's completely handmade we also did a great one of all women punk rock that i'm amazed people just didn't pay attention to called spit to see the shine right because there's nothing really like it but yeah so with from red-eyed that sort of gave rich a whole sense of like hey this exists and so what's your role in this new release? I 
don't really know okay. outside of I worked on a lot of the original stuff. Okay, okay. And I just want to make sure that people knew about it. Oh, you are credentials guy. You are, you're the guy that like when they, what you bring gravitas because this is part of your world. Tell me the name of the compilation. Uh, it's called Southeast of Saturn volume two all right so on volume two there is a great minnesota representation are there other things on here as well yes we have the biggest representation of any other place mm-hmm. by far it's like a fourth of the record or something um we've got the colfax abbey track which you heard yeah yeah and, and we're about to hear another song in a yeah, minute yep uh, shapeshifter which is shapeshifter is kind of everything they're just magic i, I mean this song kills me i only ever saw shapeshifter once and i was not prepared for what i was in for it was one of those nights someone's like you want to go down to the 400 bar tonight i'm in my 20s i'm like yeah let's go have a beer that sounds great and you walk in and you're not really even counting on looking you're going to sit over on that skinny little bar on the side and you don't really count on paying attention to the band and all of a sudden like you're not listening to your friend talk anymore you're like what is that band doing and you literally work your way all the way up front and you sit there looking up at the band that's the kind of band shapeshifter is yeah, absolutely completely hypnotic and then uh but then there's also fauna which is oh. a great band yeah yeah um and i remember we played them on rev we, like, we didn't play here's the thing rev was a cool station right but the, obviously you can't play all the bands especially with how robust the Twin Cities music scene was at that time. But, you know, we had local music shows, and there were times that were maybe on the overnight, but we played Fauna all the time. Oh, yeah, you played all of these things. Actually, pretty much all of my records got played. Fabulous. And But I also need to point out, just only for your benefit, Please. that uh, Rev adver- or, uh, was the sponsor on what? My TV show. Oh, yeah. So we did a number of ads, and because uh, Kevin and I are, are pretty good friends, we right. still are. Yeah. I got him to do things that he would not do, including once singing Karma Chameleon on air. <laughs> so, you know, why Why do I follow you on social media? That seems like something that should come up for everyone's yes. enjoyment. Yes. yes. Just to block Kevin for a week, put that up so he doesn't see it go down, and then all of us can enjoy it, and then, like, get rid of it and bring Kevin back. Yeah, because that's why we're friends, <laughs> is because I don't do things like yeah, that. Yeah, no, that's that's a, that's actually a really good call. Let's hear another song off of this new compilation that you... I'm still trying to figure out what the hell you did on this thing, other than be there at the dawn of many of these songs. I'm not sure what you're doing on this compilation. I, I don't know. I, I mean, I, I'm pretty much... I'm doing a lot, it seems. Oh, you're like exec- a creative consultant slash executive producer, Chris Strauss. Yeah. What well, are we going to hear? Let's uh, pick a song. We're, we're hearing the Shapeshifter track, Low Profile. Love it.
Now, Sean, I think you understand. That's the kind of thing I'm talking about. Yep. You go into a bar, you go to meet with friends, like, oh, hey, so-and-so, so-and-so, and so-and-so is playing tonight. By the way, I don't know if you ever do it, Chris, but there are a handful of people in our mutual circle who will post the old First Avenue concert calendars mm-hmm. every once in a while. I Like, in, in five days, you know, like, oh, Fugazi's going to be here, then Crowded House is going to be here, then Skinny Puppy's going to be... I, it's amazing to me how that used to be. Obviously, things have changed, and things always change, but I would find myself out a lot not knowing who the band was and not really caring. I'm going to hang out with my friends, right? Yeah. And then all of a sudden, you hear a song like that, and you're like, yeah, we could talk later. I know you. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go see what this is all about. And that was great. Tell me the name of that compilation again. It is called Southeast of Saturn, Volume 2. And when does it become widely available? Uh, Friday. It's it, Oh, tomorrow? Yeah. All right, very good, because we will put this out on Thursday, December 1st. Before we talk any more about that, though, and begin to wrap things up, Sean, you, in addition to being a dynamic, dangerous, dare I say, overtly sexual producer of a very popular local podcast, you are also the uh, a realtor at T-Dyna Realty, the 50th in France location. And I know here we are heading into the holidays, and probably one of the last things on many people's minds is, I need to sell my house, I need to buy my house, but now would be a good time, if you're thinking about doing it in the coming year, to get the wheels in motion, yeah? Yeah, something I'm working on right now is just kind of doing some basic uh, reviews of people's properties, even if they're not going to sell for several years giving them a basic review so they understand kind of the value of their house, even if that means they're going to go refi. A lot of people, you know, depending on their situation, they just kind of want to know where they're at. Kind of like we talked about with Joe and your financial plan, your house a lot of times is, for us anyway, it's a huge part of our retirement someday. I've lived in the same place for 20 years. Yeah. I've put most of the money yeah. I've made into that thing. So it just gives people... It, be it, something it, on it the other side. Me, it takes me just a little while, 10 minutes, to put these things together, and I can right. send them out to people, and at least they kind of know where they stand. So I'm doing that for a bunch of friends right now. Do you ever say two out of 10 would not recommend? I do, actually. <laughs> no, you don't. <laughs> I'm sorry about that. No, no, that's okay. That's all right. Um, yeah, and so, it, you know, I love music, and, and just the story that you just told, I just can't, I had so many times that that happened, and it was just, sometimes you might even end up swaying to the music with a beautiful young woman next to you, and nothing came of it, Doesn't but matter. it but it was just nice, and you then went back later on and had a couple of beers with your friend. And I had a conversation chatted. earlier today yeah. about this very thing. I am not Ramdas. I am not a deep, philosophically inclined no. individual. But the older I get, the more I appreciate the value of be here now, right? Like there are things that have happened in the past, things you still have to think about. There are worries of the future. But when you find yourself at that particular juncture in space-time where you are here right now and there's never been anything else like it, maybe swaying with that young lady that you're talking about, maybe just getting completely lost in the music, but like taking advantage of those moments, because let's be honest, people, mathematically, there are literally a finite number of those moments left, and when you find them, you have to celebrate them. Exactly right. And so one of the things that I'm going to continue to do that started with the pandemic is I'm donating a portion of every buy and sell to a local artist or musician, because music is, in many ways, my spirituality. It is my religion. Uh, without all the dogma and bullshit. And it's also very personal to me. And so, you know, I've had, just as you have, Brian, I've had lots of people judge whatever music I like, and you always say you can't pick what you love. Um, I was about to say it again because I don't really get to decide, right? Like you put that song on or you watch that movie or you look at that painting or you talk with that person. When that part of your brain flips, you don't get to pick. 
I was just and at it the, happens. Yeah, yeah. I was just at the Minneapolis Institute of Arts uh, to see the Botticelli uh, exhibit and um, much more. And it's just funny how some people will spin right by something that I stop at, and I'm like, holy shit! How because somebody... you were forced to. You were locked to the spot. Yeah. And then there's something else that they may stop at, and it's like so the same thing. But yeah. so I let my uh, buyers and sellers pick who they want to donate to. But if they don't, if they, I shouldn't say if they don't care about music. But some of, some of them some of them are maybe like maybe they're not as familiar with well, the local scene as so, some other people. Yeah, so I have a long list of artists that if you can't pick somebody, I've got plenty of other artists that need the help. So 612-859-2594 that number is also textable. Chris Strouth, you um and I don't want to go deep. I'm not a TMZ guy, but I know that you've had health struggles in recent years. Are you feeling all right right now? Yes. Okay, we'll leave it right there. <laughs> Beautiful. That That's fine by me. I just want to make sure, man. I mean, you know, I, I've heard a couple stories, and I just, you wonder, right? Because we're reaching a certain age. You know, you and I graduated high school the same year. We've seen people drop already, right? And some people have no challenges. Others have great challenges. So I just wanted to make sure you're feeling all right. Yeah, no, uh, just for people who who don't know, I uh, I just had kidney pl- transplant number two. Well, see, and I'm not trying to go deep yeah. on anyone's personal life, so I don't want to bring that no, stuff that, up. But, but I mean, saying, like, I'm, I mean, like the second kidney transplant, bro, and you're feeling all right. Yeah, and the the thing about it is, well, I was on the board of the National Kidney Foundation for okay. like ten years, That's great. so I'm, I'm kind of used to it. And the thing is, is uh, my life got completely changed. Uh, I, in fact dumb fact i was the first person to get a transplant via social media really with the first one yeah the the person who i got it from scott pachyditis and today is actually the anniversary of that first transplant whoa 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 whoa, whoa. okay we gotta stop just let's slow it down because i want to savor this story because it means a lot to me i know scott pachyditis pretty well um squirrel guy yeah uh and i worked with him for a long time um scott See, this actually is, is, this feels like the holiday season right now. This is warming my heart because Scott is that kind of person. Oh, yeah. And so do you have to find a match though, right? Yeah. So in the, in the first one, um, I, I was really fortunate because it was the beginning of Twitter, the, you know, Facebook was there and I was writing my story every day on, you know, various things, talking about how absurd it was you know, all the situations because you'd watch these videos where unattractive people are going like, I hate not eating candy, but I want to lift my grandkids. <laughs> I'm like, I can't relate to this. I'm like, can I lift a guitar? <laughs> Yeah, you should write that down somewhere because that was fucking excellent. So then you need to get a kidney and you find Scott online. Well, what I did is I I literally tweeted at the end of this when I, as soon as I found out, shit, I need a kidney. Right. And, um, and then I went and saw some really horrible movie because I was really depressed. Of course. When I came out, there were hundreds of messages people had already started a chain listing blood types and this whole thing and we had something like uh 50 people go through the process wow 19 who went through testing there were two people who found out that they had kidney disease because they got tested wow kidney disease is weird uh not to get too deep in it but there aren't symptoms it's basically, hey, I'm good. Hey, I'm good. Hey, I'm good. Whoa, I am fucked. Wow, all right. And that's that's it. Yeah. And um and that's kind of where I was. 
And so that's, yeah, yeah you, uh, they do all the testing and that stuff. This time around, I did the same thing. It wound up actually being my wife's cousin who did it, but it's uh, what they call a paired donation. Okay. So she donated, and then that kidney went to a single mom in Florida. All right. And then her person donated, and it was about six pe- six donations happened because of my donation, and then or because of uh, her donation, and then I wound up getting just this insane kidney, like Superman's kidney, mega kidney. Yeah, like that sounds like a, a major mega NBA level multi team trade right there. The number of kidneys that traveled the country and ended up enabling, and apparently in your case, supercharging one's life. Yeah. 23 liters of urine in the first 12 hours. Okay, that's a good story right there. That's a stat I'd like to write down. We should should put that on the wall. 23 liters? 23 liters in 12 hours. How how did you even get 23 liters of fluid into your body? Uh, They're constantly giving you fluid. Because it's it's constantly constantly pouring pouring out out of your new liver. Well, kidney, because if it's going through your liver, stuff is messed up. Kidney, kidney, kidney. And I don't mean to laugh, but 23 liters, like this... This is about a liter and a half. Yeah. So we're talking, I'm looking at my water bottle right now. We're talking about 15, 16 of these bad boys. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, now it's, it's good to point out if you're trying to visualize this. Yeah. That I'm on uh, Dilaudid, which is uh, fun. Morphine, essentially. <laughs> oh, they loved it back in Victorian times. <laughs> yes. o- oxycodone. Wow. And, um, and then all the stuff that they're doing this. So the entire time, this last time. I am, every time I close my eyes, I'm yeah. 4K hallucinating Fabulous. 90s speed horror metal. Lucky. Hideous. You try and be like, this is going to be really great. And then all of a sudden I'm like visualizing. It's like, why is it all going dark and bloody? Yeah. No. So you're talking like like cannibal corpse kind of stuff? Yeah. yeah. And, I'm, and, and I'm also making all the songs in my head, which okay. is. Oh, uh, dear. I, I didn't know I could do because I didn't know I hated myself that much. But apparently. It, well, it actually, in, 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 in the long term and with perspective and looking for the silver lining in your dark, gory, bloody, self-hatred uh, haze of drugs, it, it does sound like it might have been fairly therapeutic. Yeah, yeah. And and then it had a good moment at about 5.30 in the morning when it all of a sudden became a sitcom directed by Rob Zombie. I kid you not, that this really funny. happened <laughs> where hillbillies invaded French Impressionist paintings. It, so Are you on drugs right now, Chris? I am not. Interesting. You have to write all this and, down. And I this never have good. been. Yeah, I know that about you, which is wild because Hillbillies Invading French Impressionistic Paintings, that's the name of my second EP for my reductive synth band. Okay, <laughs> Chris, we got to wrap it up. Um, So let's get back to what we were here to promote in the first place. You are an important part of this new release on Third Man Records called... Uh, Southeast of Saturn, Volume 2. And it's out tomorrow, which will be Friday, December 2nd, correct? Yes. All right, very good. If people want to keep up with you, they want to check in with you, they'd like to hear more of your heavy urination stories, is there, is there a... Is That's there, my Broadway play, Urination. It's, it's a little bit better than urine town. Yeah, ah. nice. Well, it certainly sounds bigger in scope. Uh, and 21 <laughs> liters would seem to back that up. Um, is there anywhere uh, that's ground zero for you on socials that you would like to share with people, or do you prefer to keep it to yourself? I am, I, I am literally the most findable person on Earth. Wow. Uh, I Because I'm on everything and just 
right there. Okay, just under, well, my, under my name. Chris Strouth is his name. You can see it in the heading here on this particular episode. The new release is out tomorrow. And before we go, we're going to hear one more track off that. But before we do go, thanks again to Smart Start to MN. Thanks again to Moxie Wealth Management. Thanks again to Sean Bernard. Thank you, Brian. Oak. Absolutely. Happy uh, trails to you on your trip, by the way. Oh, motherfucker. I, that was I just, a fantastic, fantastic time. This time tomorrow, I will... I'll still be on the plane, but then I'll land in Portland, Oregon. You can follow me if you want. Go ahead and chase me out to the coast, bitches. You'll never find me. <laughs> then I'm going to get in my rental car, and I'm going to drive for an hour and a half, two hours. I'm going to take my time. I'm not in any hurry. Down through the Van Duzer Corridor, over the Cascade Pass, and then out to the ocean. It's going to be cold. It's going to be wet. It's it's a, a resort town, so it's going to be absolutely deserted the first week of December. And I cannot, and I'm going completely by myself. And I can't tell you how excited and I am. And it's going to be healing and incredible for you. And I can't <sighs> wait for you to have that experience. I'm never coming back. You I'm going to become. It. I'm going to become like a sand hermit or something. I don't. Just I might need you to send me some money every once in a while. Uh, you right? know, whatever you whatever you need. Appreciate that. You have a good one. I will see you, you back too. here next Safe week. Travels. All right. Thank you very much. And Chris, thank you very much. Tell me about the final song we're going to hear here on episode two eight four of the Brian Oak Show. Uh, let's play the Fauna track. Okay, that's. I mean, you pick. You, the guest always has to pick, and there's nothing at stake. There are no cool points. I want you to play something that feels right in your gut. You go with your gut. Well, uh, Fauna was the first band. This is off their first album, and then they had the song on the on the record I worked. Fauna is kind of amazing. It's Zachary Vax. Um, if you're a guitar player, you know Zvax effects, the biggest boutique pedal maker in the world. This is where he started, or this is his first band. Wow. And he engineered a lot of the stuff for, he was partners with Ed and engineered most of the various stuff, including Fine, which is a perfect victory of a record. Mm -hmm. But um, I just want to give it up for Fauna because it is, it's a remarkable track. And that whole album is just, is just so good. So yeah, enjoy. 